Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Viral, a podcast series looking at the spread of COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. On today's episode, we look at how disproven claims around 5G radiation made its way into the coronavirus narrative for millions around the globe. You know when they turn this on, it's going to kill everyone, and that's why they're building the hospitals? Do you have parents? Uh, yes, yes, my well, how do you feel that when, you, when they turn that switch on, bye-bye mama, are you, are you content to continue doing that job? Are they paying you well enough to kill her? Since the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak here in Ireland, we've faced huge problems with containing the circulation of rumour and speculation relating to all manner of events. In the beginning, most rumours that managed to grow legs related to army-enforced lockdown scenarios, which created an increased level of anxiety for many people awaiting further developments at the time. In recent weeks though, on an international level, we have seen the 5G coronavirus conspiracy theory morph into something larger gradually becoming an opinion held by a small but still substantial section of the population both here and internationally. So today we look at how that came to be and whether there is any substance behind it. But first I think it's important to go through a few minor details of what that theory actually entails. So 5G is the next generation of mobile broadband that in time will eventually replace 4G which is what most people's phones and internet capable devices run off currently. The upgrade is aimed at creating faster and stronger upload and download speeds as well as stronger connections for web based interactions like Skype and Zoom which would be a welcomed addition when trying to record a podcast from your dining room table. Most listeners will be familiar with some of these theories that have made their way into public debate and discussion about firstly whether 5G is harmful to us, but more recently whether it has a major link to the COVID-19 outbreak. The basis of these concerns are whether or not the RF4 radio frequency radiation that's admitted by this technology is strong enough to be harmful to the human body. All of this is dependent on whether or not the RF4 falls into the category of ionising or non-ionising. So to put it simply, non-ionising radiation is too weak to make chemical changes to your body by breaking chemical bonds. These include power lines, microwaves, infrared radiation, visible light and radio waves admitted from mobile networks, like in the case of 5G. On the other hand, ionising radiation includes X-rays and emissions from radioactive materials such as uranium and radium. Now, with that very brief science lesson behind us, Jim Watterson, media editor of The Guardian, guides us on how the 5G conspiracy snowballed its way into all corners of the world. 
the, the idea that 5G causes health issues is it's the same thing that's attached itself to every generation of mobile phones. I remember with 4G, I remember it with 3G. I mean, I remember growing up and you'd hear stories in the playground of what supposedly a microwave oven had done to someone. It comes with new technology. People get weirded out by it and they have questions. And there is a story here where kind of the industry has failed to explain that this stuff has been cleared repeatedly by almost every credible scientist that you could find. The theories that are doing the round this time with coronavirus, it's almost like an existing paranoia has latched onto something new. And that what felt like if you spent a lot of time in weird bits of the internet, a prevalent theory that 5G was supposedly a risk has latched onto coronavirus. But in lots of different ways. Depending on your favorite conspiracy theory, it's either a cover for 5G to be installed, that coronavirus doesn't exist at all, but is just the symptoms of 5G, or that in some way 5G is spreading coronavirus. I mean, there's no evidence for any of this, and it's always dangerous to repeat it in some ways, because you almost make people think that there must be some fire for there to be that much smoke, but really there isn't. As Jim stated, none of these theories are new. In fact, many of them have become old internet tropes over the past decade. But the 5G conspiracy has seemed to reach far and wider across the globe than most other claims in recent years. I think there's a couple of things that are different from the past. One is that uh, we are all online to an enormous extent. Um, the people in the past who were spending lots of time on slightly odd web forums were kind of like having to seek out conspiracy theories. Now they come to you. Now everyone in the world seemingly is on WhatsApp. Your relative who'd previously pushed against joining up to any social network has due to the lockdown decided to get online. People who wouldn't previously have been exposed to this stuff suddenly are. And if you're you know, new to social networking, uh, someone forwards you a video that says, oh, there's this really simple explanation of what's really going on. You're scared. You're looking for some easy solution. Then it's quite seductive. It feels like, oh, well, that's why it's happening. Rather than confronting the reality that we're living in a completely changed world due to some biological issue that's come out of a, of a market in China. In some ways, it's easier to imagine that there's a a simple telecommunication solution to all of this. Most of the time when we receive content online, it's coming from people we engage with regularly, and the familiarity of that creates its own issues. The strangest thing of this pandemic for me is my mother, who's never been the most technically literate person, suddenly getting WhatsApp and sending me memes the whole time. I'm just sitting <laughs> there going, where, where have you learned how to do this? So if you've got a whole load of people who are not people who've spent two decades online learning how the internet works, learning how to be critical of sources, and you suddenly give them unlimited access cold to a whole load of conspiracy videos sent to them by their mate that they quite like from down the pub. Well, sure, they're going to believe it because John always knows his stuff and John's got a few wacky theories, but he does bother to find out this stuff, doesn't he? And you're going to trust that more than some guy on the radio or on a podcast going, no, it's not true. Uh, and it's very, very hard to say to people, look, it's not necessarily that, that John meant this maliciously, but just pause, just think, do you really believe that this is all a giant cover by the telecoms communication industry? Do you really think that governments are actively trying to kill everyone because that doesn't seem very good for business? And would they really bother with a lockdown if that was the case? So if you know someone who's believing this stuff, you know, give them a nudge, say, 
look, just to sit back and think, and here's some links to stuff that might make you change your mind. Don't bully them. Just try and lead them a bit away from it. And obviously, a lot of social media websites often propel things that are trending around the web. Is this the case for stuff like this? Or is there an ability to filter out what is considered, you know, fake news or things that just are completely untrue? This time around, a lot of the big kind of public social media sites as we know them, Facebook and Twitter, are getting quite good at knocking down some of this stuff and removing it and flagging it. But the problem is that the Internet's changed in the last five years. It's no longer about posting something on your public Facebook feed. It's about sending it in Messenger. It's about having that friends WhatsApp group. It's about then forwarding it to the work WhatsApp group. It's about pinging things between each other more in private than in public. And when something's private, person to person, then it's very hard for the networks to sort of jump in on the conversation and go, no, 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 that's wrong. And that's a problem because I don't want Facebook looking at my private WhatsApp conversations. They own WhatsApp, of course. Mm. I don't want them diving in there. I want to know that that's a secure place where they can't access. But that has the flip side of meaning that there's almost nothing that can be done to stop people sharing stuff because we've been given this incredible tool for pinging information at high speed around the world, and it's called WhatsApp. And is there any onus actually on the network providers to educate people around these issues, or should it just be common sense then for the public? There's always a risk with saying to people that they're wrong, that they're idiots for believing these things. I think they're pretty far out. I wonder how people convince themselves of this stuff. But just to say, look, you're wrong, doesn't normally convince people. People are scared. They're looking for an answer. And you have to replace bad information with good information. You can't just say, oh, for goodness sake, what on earth did you get that from? Why do you think that? You have to go, look, there's been a lot of tests on 5G. This is what they found out. This is why they believe it to be safe. And this is why the idea that a respiratory disease, which has been traced back to China, isn't related to the person putting broadband cables through your home street. You've got to kind of talk people through that and not treat them like idiots for believing this stuff because people are worried and they are looking for an easy solution in a world where there isn't one. Aside from these claims gaining momentum online, there was also a very dramatic social response in communities across the UK and Ireland where vigilante theorists began to take matters into their own hands. Someone's burnt a 5G tower already. There was just a very strange spate of attacks on mobile phone masts from about last week onwards. Mad out here. 5G tower. Zero G now. And it seems to have died down a bit. Either that or, or they're no longer uh, willing to tell us whether there's been a lot more. But it seems it was just a massive spate that... What we saw with these 5G coronavirus story was a sort of velocity to the takeoff of it like we've never really seen uh, in recent times, certainly in the UK and Ireland. And what happened with that was that you ended up with it going from kind of a really, really niche conspiracy theory to being something that most of the country had heard of in the space of a week. Yeah. And suddenly you've got uh, phone masts, certainly in the UK, being burnt down in different parts of the country clearly people just taking it upon themselves uh dousing petrol uh all over them and going for it now the funny thing is that due to the slow rollout of 5g in the uk most of these weren't even 5g masks they were 3 and 4g <laughs> so you've ended up basically torching national infrastructure that people are relying on 
for a new technology that isn't even installed on most of them. In recent days, there were a host of well-known figures or celebrities that had also taken part in circulating these theories, and many received a huge online backlash from members of the public and healthcare workers, viewing it as a major kick in the teeth for the work being done by their country's health and frontline services. I think some of them are, uh, are basically viewing themselves as members of the public, viewing uh, this stuff and sharing link, going, oh, that's interesting. And not really thinking that if you're someone like Woody Harrelson, the actor, um, or you're briefly the Britain's Got Talent judge, Amanda Holden shared uh, a petition. If you're someone like that, you sort of view yourself as the equivalent of the person down the pub sharing something. But when you put that tweet out and you've just sent it to your three, three million followers, that's more than is going to view a national newspaper or is going to read a major uh, websites or watch a evening news broadcast. So I think it's almost they don't quite clock that when they're going, oh, this is interesting. I don't know whether it's true. They've accidentally introduced an idea to an entire swathe of the population who'd never have normally seen it. And I think this is something I've definitely seen in Ireland and in the UK that a lot of conspiracy theories seem to also have a strong link with people who align themselves with, you know, far right politics or alt right politics. Why do you think that is? I actually don't think it's as simple as 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 far right. I think it's uh, I think it's across the spectrum people who are more prone to distrust of governments, distrust of mainstream media, uh, which has obviously risen in recent years, uh, not entirely without reason, are more prone to this. I don't necessarily, from what I've seen, believe it's a, it's a single uh, side of the political divide, the left-right political divide. In a time of crisis, you know, what are the main problems that conspiracy theories can cause, aside from just spreading obvious misinformation? Does it put a strain then on resources? What has the reaction been in the UK? Have we had public figures having to come out and discredit them, or has it kind of gone unnoticed and just lives online? Well, it's very telling that within about 48 hours of me writing a story which was considered wild that people were burning phone masks down in the UK, you had Michael Gove at a Downing Street press conference telling people not to be so stupid and saying this is completely bunkum. On the point about the 5G masks, uh, thank you again for mentioning it. Um, the story somehow got about that uh, uh, they play a role in the, in the spread of the disease. Uh, that's just nonsense. Dangerous nonsense as well. And, the, uh, and an NHS medical advisor saying the same. The reality is that the mobile phone networks are absolutely critical to all of us, particularly in a time when we are asking people to stay at home uh, and to um, not see uh, relatives and friends. Uh, but in particular, those are also the phone networks that are used by our emergency services and our health workers. So the speed with which the government realised it had an issue was impressive. Uh, and I've also just published some uh, information from a tentative bit of research at King's College London, which suggested that people who are more likely to believe that there's a link between 5G and coronavirus are also more likely to be ignoring the government's guidelines on social distancing, going outside and not washing their hands. So there's a not necessarily confirmed, but there's a sort of credible idea that if you really think that this isn't a real pandemic and it's all being created by the state, then you pose a health risk to you and others because you would naturally then dismiss the things you need to do to mitigate it. That was episode 15 of Viral COVID-19. I would like to thank The Guardian's Jim Watterson for joining me on the podcast today. If this is your first episode you are listening to, we have 14 others there covering all sorts of topics such as personal finances to the science behind transmission. I'm Ian Doyle. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 